You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Carter comes up shooting. To Toronto Basketball Matters podcast number thirty-three. With me, as always, is Christian Graffin and Greg Bespork, Doctor Yershadis. What's up, T. Dot? Just a big shout out to a couple guys who have been absolutely um, imperative when it comes to the construction of this podcast. That's Steve Flesher and Miku Betlam. Steve has helped us out tremendously uh, with the sort of graphics on Twitter, the timestamps, and the explanation of what we're listening to on the podcast. And Miku has been absolutely pivotal in uh, sort of consulting uh, the production quality of the podcast as well. Last week, I completely fucked up the intro. Miku, at the at midnight, basically, took the entire podcast and edited himself. And uh, big shout out to these two guys. They are they are very, very important toward kind of creating this product, this podcast, rather. And another shout out uh, to Jack Armstrong, who will be joining us next week for podcast Hello. number 34. The coach. So excited. All right, let's get back on track. A big win last night for the Toronto Raptors against the basement-dwelling Atlanta Hawks. A very (laughs) impressive performance by Jonas Valanciunas. The Lithuanian Lightning. Well, you got some long, outstretched Oh, my. Right down the pipe for Valanciunas. So, um, obviously, we are supposed to beat teams like the Atlanta Hawks. The, the, the shit of the shit, but a very impressive victory against the San Antonio Spurs this week as well. Obviously, we dropped the game to the Minnesota Timberwolves. It's a tough one. But what are the biggest takeaways this week for you, Greg? Good performance against the Spurs, even though they were shorthanded. It's still the Spurs. We saw that. They absolutely destroyed the Cavaliers. I'm sure we're going to talk about that. The Timberwolves game, you know, at the end... Uh, I really was upset about the whistle in that game, to be honest. The whole second half, it was just like you couldn't, the players couldn't even get a rhythm, right? Like every second that, that JV stepped onto the court, there was a foul and he couldn't even play. Um, and it wasn't even. Like we had something like, at one point, I think we had like 20 foul calls. They had three. Like it was ridiculous. And then at the end of the game, you know, you were still in a position to win and their stars hit big shots. Ours did not. Um, as for the Atlanta game, Good to see that with the extra practice day, the team came out with a good defensive performance. That was key. Uh, it's great also to see that they're utilizing JV in the offense more. I think if he's going to be out there, you got to give him his shots. He is an efficient finisher around the basket. And I never thought I'd say it, but I don't hate watching him shoot threes. <laughs> I never thought I'd say it. It looks good every time he releases it. You're kind of like uh, my man Jack, who's going to come up next week. You you guys both don't like the big men shooting threes. You know, with the thing with JV, right? Like, I, this is what I've noticed. When he hits the first one, I think Casey allows him to shoot another one. But if he doesn't hit the first one, he's not allowed to take another shot. So one shot. No pressure or anything, eh? No pressure. I don't well, know, Graf, what did you think about the week? I mean, my biggest, and again, it seemed like Norman Powell was on his sort of resurgence. Like, it seemed like he was, I don't, I don't want to say resurgence. He had a couple good games. Like, he had uh, the game against, it was Cleveland, the game against Golden State. We saw him come out yes. because, you know, he was sort of forced into the lineup, into the starting lineup. Yes. Lately, in his last two games against Minnesota uh, and against uh, the Spurs, he's going off for like two points gets one rebound. He's really, like, his stats are, are are terrible, and he's getting 11 minutes. That's the thing, is his minutes, though. I mean, he's getting right now, uh, well, CJ Miles that game only got 15 minutes as well. He couldn't hit a three against the Spurs. Uh, that was the one thing I noticed about CJ, or about that game. But just sort of the regression, because the Spurs game was impressive, I think. It, it was good. We had to grind it out. Every game against Popovich's teams are going to be like that. Mm-hmm. Just to get a win alone, I think, is good. Um, they but, they but, muck it up against us. Yeah, exactly. And th- that you saw that against Minnesota. Minnesota is a a very good team in the West. Mm-hmm. The record is solid, and honestly, they didn't have Jimmy Butler though. I know, but on we were on the back to back. It's yeah, tough. Yeah, yeah. 
it, it is truly tough. And just looking at the Raptors schedule, the fact that we don't have any more of these Western Coast, you know, mm-hmm. sort of things coming up, it's huge. I just think this wanted to get this whole thing over with, move yep. on, yep. move on to Atlanta, get the easy win, which they did. I mean, last night's game was sort of a sort of a joke. We, we were pl- we were up by so much. But that's what you you need to do against those teams. Like you can't allow them to creep back in. I was Good say, teams cut the head off, right? I was going to say that's exactly what the Raptors have been sort of doing this second half. The, the, seems like the first half of the season they would have fallen behind. They would have had to come back yeah. in the third quarter or something like that. I want to see more games against Atlanta where they just absolutely destroy the team and it's over by the third Their quarter. Their defensive presence, like JV had three blocks in the first quarter or something. I've, like I'm, I'm really, really impressed by the defense. That's what they got to keep going. Well, JV, I mean, he's been playing, like you said earlier, some of the best basketball. But look at Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry's numbers. Mm-hmm. He got 40 points in the loss against uh, against the Timberwolves, oh, and he had 24. We, he's been the leader of the team sort of so far since then. And I think maybe it was a little bit of the All Star game push. I think so too. I think that may I be a little bit right. of motivation. There. Speaking of the All Star game, um, I guess we're just past the midway point of the season. Obviously, around January, they announced the All-Star Game starters, and shortly after, they named, announced the uh, the reserves. Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan both selected to the hey. All-Star Game, which takes place February the 18th. A little round of applause for DeMar and Kyle. Um, Well-deserved. W- what does the selection of two Raptors sort of, like, kind of entail? You know what I mean? Is it kind of illustrate a growing sense of respect across the league for, you know, arguably one of the league's most marginalized organizations? You know, is it is this like a glimmer of respect finally for the Toronto Raptors organization is basically what I'm trying to ask you. Well, I, I think with DeMar, that was a fan vote. And, I mean, the votes really spoke for themselves. Those votes really spoke for themselves. The fans voted. He has been playing like an MVP caliber player. And I think the reason that Lowry got on wasn't necessarily like it wasn't a stats thing for him. Mm-hmm. It was because he's the second best player and the heart, okay, of a team that deserves to have two stars in it. I mean, we're talking about a team that is pretty much now tied for first. I mean, the Warriors are in first, they get four, right? The best teams in the conference get multiple all stars. You must reward winning. Like Al Hordford's averaging, what, 13 and seven? Are those all-star numbers? No. He's the second best or most important player on a team that has lots of wins. So so well-deserved for Lowry. You can clearly see that with the Golden State Warriors. Uh, We'll listen to Cal Lowry quickly talk about the impact being selected by his coaches. What does it mean to be voted in by coaches as opposed to fans? Uh, You know, I I think it means a lot more. Uh, I mean, the fans are very important. Uh, With the coaches, I think it just shows the the work that you put in as a team and the work you put in and that they see. Um, how much your team is done and, um, and they, how much winning um, helps. But, um, you know, it means a lot. And there's my guy right there that helped me helped me get there, and that's Dwayne Casey. So this has been great. So I'll throw it to you, Graf. Are you kind of surprised that Kyle Lowry was selected to the bench of the All-Star game? I think we're talking about this last week. Uh, we've kind of talked about it on the Facebook chat board, I guess, a few times. Um, I think a few of us were kind of skeptic if Kyle would actually get into the All-Star game in the first place. What are your thoughts on this? Well, I mean, going back to that clip, I mean, you, you said it, he said it himself. It's the coaches. I mean, I think he makes a big impression on the coaches around yeah, the league. Yeah, good point. And you said it earlier, winning obviously matters. The Raptors mm-hmm. are seen, I don't know if the fans really see them as this, but they're seen as a model franchise for a lot of other franchises out there right now. They've been consistently winning the last three years, and Lowry's sort of been, like you said, the heart and soul of that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I'm, I'm honestly not surprised because it did it did sort of come down to the coaches I think more so than the fans yeah. in terms of the the reserves at least and and he totally deserves it and he mentioned in this like uh, you heard him at the very end of that clip there he went and hugged Dwayne Casey love it and honestly just think about when Kyle Lowry first got you know came to <laughs> yeah. the Raptors what were some of the biggest concerns about him some of the biggest concerns were that he wasn't a team player he yeah. didn't get along attitude with front issues. office and he had and a big big attitude issue overall yeah. Look how far he's come. Now he's, you know, he's thanking coaches, thanking the fans, hugging his coaches. He's come a long way and matured, I think, the most yep. of a player that we've seen on the Raptors team in, in any recent years. And it's shown. He, he totally deserves it, in my opinion, almost based on that alone. Yeah, and, and you're actually um, really correct to see that. Like, Lowry does things that coaches would notice. Like, this is a guy who, coming back from a tailbone bruise, is taking a charge from Joel Embiid. Right? Like, you can't quantify that. I mean, you probably could. I mean, he gets you possessions a game. But that extra level of heart, like, when your best guys are doing that, it just permeates through the rest of your team, and it does have an effect on winning. 
well, you said it right there, the charges. Charges are such a huge stat. Like, at one point, I think he had more charges than, like, seven or eight teams. Yeah. And I'm probably sure he still does now. I don't have time to look it up, but... No, do you he, know who the next in, in line is in charges? No. Boogie Cousins. Okay? That and that ass and low center of gravity. That's a big man, right? So the fact that he's... Well, Kyle, but... First, <laughs> the fact that, yeah, well, yeah, Kyle's got a big butt, too. That's how he, he wasn't injured after falling on his, on his tailbone there. Well, I mean, it's all hustle, right? It's not just about yes. the points. It's not just about, you know, the the regression of, I guess, the points from last year. It's all about sort of the heart, and when he's out there, the team plays better. And he's sacrificed, right? He's getting fewer minutes. He's taking less shots. Speaking of fat asses, Al Horford and the Boston Celtics <laughs> currently are in first in the Eastern Conference. The Raptors are one and a half games behind the Ooh, Celtics we're right for there, baby. conference. Last night, if the Celtics lost, we would have won. We would have obviously been in game in it back. Celtics you know who they unfortunately play on, won last night. Do you know who but, they play, Brandon, on Saturday? Who do they play? The Golden State Collective, Ooh, baby. Resistance shit. is futile. James, I mean, Nick Young, let's go, baby. <laughs> Valley McGee. <laughs> He's an absolute disgrace. Nick Young was selected the All-Star game. Anyways. Um, disgrace. I just want to talk about the impact of finishing first in Eastern Conference. Obviously, uh, the, the biggest sort of narrative behind the Toronto Raptors is, you know, medio- I won't say mediocrity, but, you know, this, the, the same shit every single fucking season. You know, first, second, third in the Eastern Conference, or sorry, uh-huh. second and third in Eastern Conference, uh, quickly outed in the playoffs. What does the impact finishing first Eastern Conference have on an organization like the Toronto Raptors? I think it could be big. Is it a, you know, like a, a cultural change? Like, is it, how, like, what, what, there is what notoriety. is finishing first going to do for the There Raptors? is notoriety. Like, I don't care what anybody says. Like, when you finish first in a professional sport league in a regular season, that that does mean something. But uh, not just it shows from, improvement, too. Yeah, oh, yeah. No, that's what I mean. Like, it, it, but it's not just from a morale perspective, but it shows that the franchise is doing something right. But it also, strategically speaking, you get home court advantage, right? And, and, and we're not going to beat, like, we don't have business beating the king mm-hmm. if we don't have home court. And this year, I've really liked how we've been protecting home court, making it a hostile place to play. I mean, compare it to the, 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 I don't even know what you call it. It was an empty stadium there in in Atlanta. Oh, like pathetic. when you compare it to like, or even Washington though, right? No one goes to those games. They're so quiet. You could hear a pin drop, right? Our home, our home fans actually bring that advantage. If we can get first in the East, we got a shot. Well, we do have the second best home record in the NBA. Spurs currently twenty and three, but shit, the Golden State Warriors at home are seventeen and six. Raptors seventeen and three. And I wanted to look at the matchups too, because like you mm-hmm. said, obviously getting home courts important. Matchups matter, yeah. But have a look at who we're going to be facing each yep. other, and, and that's key. For that, you kind of have to look at the strength of schedule. And for the strength of schedule right now, the Toronto Raptors have the fifth best for the remaining games of the year schedule in the league. The only team in the East that has a higher you know, sort of winning sort of rate than that would be the Philadelphia 76ers. Mm-hmm. So if you break it down all the way at the bottom, the last two teams, the teams with the hardest games for you know remaining mm-hmm. this season are Washington and Boston. Mm. Last and second last in the NBA. So then you look at the standings and what this means. We're only a game and a half now behind Boston. Same in the loss column. We have column. such a good sort of you know projected outcome for the rest of the season. It's hard almost to not see the Raptors surpassing Boston at least by the end of February or maybe even sooner, maybe by the All-Star break. The only thing that worries me is, well, sometimes what happens with the Raptors, like, they're so used to chasing, to having someone to chase, and then when they get, like, it happened earlier in the year, we had a game where we were tied with Boston in the the loss column, and then we've lost two games. Like, they let two games go. When you have that opportunity, you you gotta take it by the neck then, and we cannot falter. We can't lose games that we're not supposed to. I agree fully. Right. And again, if you look at, I guess, the Heat right now are in fourth. The yeah. Wizards are in fifth. And the Wizards have the worst schedule. The Heat right now are the ninth best. So I don't really see the Wizards passing the Heat for the rest of the yeah. season if they keep playing the way they did. So again, a lot of assumptions. But we'd be playing, if we came in first, the Bucks in the first round. Yeah. Do you think Is that, that ideal? Do you think we get to any point, though, instead of curiosity? We'll where we're sort of like, bent, like resting players? Like resting Demar, Kyle, Jonas, Serge Ibaka. I think that's something you do when you've sort of you have to earn the first place first. I don't think you get yeah. you do that. You'd even think about that. I think until you've gone in first and you've almost locked it up. Almost. Yeah. Sorry, going back to your question, like like Bucks and 76ers seem like tough matchups. Like I I, I would prefer like the Pacers or the Wizards, honestly, or if the Detroit Pistons sneak in the playoffs. But the the Philly yeah. Milwaukee matchup seems sort of. Sketchy. So I guess my question is, would you rather face a tougher matchup by coming in first place and guaranteeing home court advantage, or coming in second and getting like a Pacers? No, because if you get second, then you have to play the Cavs. Assuming that the Cavs finish in third, which isn't even 
something that we can say for sure. But don't know. as only a half, game up. you would have to play LeBron in the, in the conference semifinals. You mm-hmm. want the the Celtics and the Cavs to beat each other up, and you want to be able to play that fourth place seed. So what happens can, if they come fourth? Who's that? The, the Cavs. Cavs. The Cavs. But you know what? The thing is, if they do slip that low. They are probably going to be vulnerable. No, no. Kelly Olynyk will save the. We'll, we'll bring the Heat to, to victory this season. <laughs> well, that's what <laughs> I mean. Johnson, if the twenty heat, more wins in a row, let's go, Kelly. Yeah, if the I, Heat come I, I third, it's possible. The, the Cavs. I don't know if the Heat have enough. They have a pretty easy schedule coming down the stretch. Well, their franchise is injured. Deion Waiters. Yeah, they, but they <laughs> but they do need that extra scoring. Uh, they're a lot like Boston. Uh, you can't win. I don't feel in the modern NBA if you can't score like hundred and ten points a night. Like you really, like because you're not going to be able to keep. You know the elite teams. It's an offensive league, okay? It's an off. Jack Jack Armstrong has said this, and I, I, it's an offensive league. You can't play the same type of defense that can have that effect, where you can actually like physically dominate guys in the same way. So it's an offensive league, and if you can't score one ten, which Boston cannot do, I don't see you beating the big boys in the league. It's something that the Raptors have faced and had had to adjust. The only thing about the playoffs is it's all the half-court offense. So we'll see what happens there, right? That, that's where the Raptors have sort of, I guess, faltered, and that's why we've changed to this new sort of style of play. But I think we can play both, and that's the thing. So we Because with JV in, in, in the half-court... Right, he plays much better that yeah. way. Hey, if he I had dominate. to pick, if I had to pick, I would obviously say let's just go for first, get as many wins as you can in, in the regular season. Yeah, don't even think about the playoffs until you know you, you, you sort of you've gotten there. Yeah, because you you want to you don't want to be like oh we'll drop this game to plan. No, no, no. You win out, man. You right, exactly. you want to get winning habits, and you keep be, like you don't worry about other people for that time. Right, you you become the best team that you can in the time remaining because we're still developing a lot of these young guys. Right, we're still developing this team. We're not the Cleveland Cavaliers here. We can't oh, skip yeah. practices. Or the Spurs uh, were like, okay, we're going to you know, rest these guys extra long periods of time because they're veterans, you know. Like, our star players are still in their athletic prime somewhat, right? Like, Lowry's a little bit older, but, like, these guys are around 30, like, under 30. They'll be fine. No, they're all in their prime. The NBA All-Star Game isn't the only event going down on All-Star Game uh, week weekend. rather. There's a couple other events. Obviously, the Sam Dunk competition, the three-point competition, the Celebrity Game, and the All-Star Game Rising Star the Celebrity Challenge. Game. Um, so a couple questions for you guys. So I'll, I'll just drop the names on the list right here. So it's a U.S. team, World Team. U.S. has Lonzo Ball, Ingram, Kuzma. So three Lakers. Got Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, both from the Celtics. And you got Don Mitchell, Chris Dunn, Malcolm Brogdon, Desmond Jr., and John Collins rounding out. The roster for the world. We got a three, the trifecta of the 76ers. We got Joel Embiid, Daryl Sarge, and Ben Simmons. We also got Sacramento Kings, Bogdan Bogdanovich. We also have Buddy Heald, Delon Brooks, Sorry Markinen, Jamal Murray, Frank Natilikina, and Damas Bonus. No Toronto Raptors announced, unfortunately. So, um, two questions for you guys. First, was there a mistake with the omission of any Toronto Raptor on the team? No Jakob Pertl, Delon Wright, uh, OJ Nanobi, etc. Secondly, with the celebrity game, would you like to see LeVar Ball participate? Because my dream scenario is Win Butler from the Arcade Fire just posting his ass up all <laughs> and making comments about like the Canadian healthcare system. I rolled my ankle in the first quarter. <laughs> oh, did you see what happened last year? Like you made that comment about like you know here in Canada, you know we take care of each other, and you guys should maybe think about doing that. And then Paige, whatever from ESPN, was like, "Oh, we're talking celebrities here, bud," and like just ripped the mic from out his hand. <laughs> Yeah, he was talking. He went into something about politics or social awareness, and he's like, oh, "We don't have time for that shit. This is ESPN. yeah, no, he's like, this is celebrity now. shit. This is Disney, baby." <laughs> but, but sorry, Graf, you were. Well, I was going to say, I'm. It's been like a week now since we haven't heard a, a Lavar Ball story, and it's been so good. Well, he is in Lithuania. Like, let's just not bring him back. Just to, when to, I was getting America. into it. Just when I was getting it. Oh, no. There is going to be the reality TV show, right? I don't care. How funny is it going to be to watch those kids get screamed at by hardcore Lithuanian coaches? Now that I can get into. Like I have no idea what he just said to me. <laughs> <laughs> but the vein on his forehead is pulsating. Look, I don't mind. Like Again, just going back to the, the rising stars challenge. Yeah, let's guess, keep it focused here, boys. So, again, Lonzo Ball made the team. I guess we want to go back to the balls. But uh, I don't know. Like, I don't. I hate to say I've seen a lot of things in the media where a lot of fans, I guess, were upset of the fact that there's no rappers on the team, like you were saying earlier. And honestly, I, I kind of disagree. There's If you look at who made the world team versus the USA team, first of all, they're not making the USA team. The USA team right now is pretty stacked. The, the I, I don't know who would be our number one sort of... Why Collins? Why does Collins get a spot on that team over... 
Well, first of all, look. he's averaging ten and seven. You got to look at the stats as well. Like if you look at Siakam, if you look at Pertle, or I guess if you have to go through the American side of it. But even then, like we don't have enough. But they're, they're but not they're good on enough. Such shitty teams that they're getting more playing time and they're getting more shots. <laughs> Right, you know what I mean? Like, okay, so but my question is, where would OG? Let's just say you wanted to put OG on one of those teams. Is he American the, or is he a world? Well, he's born in London, so okay. I would say he's on the world team. Okay, and if OG is going to try to go on the world team, Bogdan, who are, who are you going to replace on that? Why do the Kings get two players? <laughs> well, it doesn't matter about the players. I that's but, your boy, Bogdan Bogdanovich. No, he's good. Like, as good as OG was at the start of the year, he's regressed a lot in these last four. Just weeks. with his jump shot, I still yeah, think but he's again, the he's best aver- rookie defender. Look at his averages: six point two. You know, under one assist a game, only two point five rebounds. It's just not enough. Yeah, I agree. It's an All Star game. Like you're not looking for like lockdown defense and no. But he's also incredibly no. But listen, listen. He's also incredibly athletic and he's exciting. I just didn't think that you should represent the league in that game. The All-Star game, I don't think that you have to represent all the teams. But in this game, you should actually. That's how I thought they did it. They, they try to get a young guy from almost every team. Why do the Kings get two guys? When the Raptors have tons of international bigs, you know, throw in Siakam or Pirtle or, or uh, OG. Any one of them would do fine for the international. Well, Christ, if Draymond Green's on the All-Star game, then All-Star game roster, then why is an OG considered? You know? There you go, right? Well, look at some of the stats, though. Like, some of the games Bogdan Bogdanovich has had, like, he he's taken over some games. He's gotten, like, 19, he's 17, over. 20 points. OG hasn't done that, really. He's on the yeah, once, Yeah, but he's on the worst team in the league. Well, like, he's it's still not starting. impressive to me. He's starting. He's you getting 20-plus minutes If you're going to value tonight. winning for the All-Stars, maybe you should value winning. I mean, you're right. The stats aren't remarkable, but I think if you watch OG, he is exciting. So it does fit with the All-Star. And why do the Kings, again, the Kings don't need to... Maybe they don't have any all-stars, so give them two for the rising stars. The, I think the the number one person you could say is DeLon Wright. He oh, be, good point. Like DeLon. He would probably be the number but then but he's, he's got to go. Year. He's third year. Uh, he's third, so he wouldn't be able to qualify? He wouldn't be. I think it's only first. It's the Let, first two can years. I ask you, what do you guys think of the world versus I, – I like this idea. They did it in hockey, and I actually like it because there's some uh, competitive – what do you think of it? I, I kind of like the rookie versus sophomore. Oh, you like the rookie versus sophomore. Okay, Brandon. Honestly, do I don't really watch this game too closely. It's the Friday night game usually. Yeah. It's it's the one that I'll watch like the first, I don't know, quarter maybe. But and then That's why by. I'm thinking because I think this would make it more interesting to me because I would love to see the world start to kick America's butt. Because the world is getting better and better. Well, they should just do the same thing they do for the All-Star game. Have a fan vote. Do a draft with the top two vote-getters. I mean, it was interesting this year. And then actually televise the two captains picking. Because that's the one thing that was really pissed me off today. Yeah. We didn't get to see yeah. who LeBron and Curry actually picked first and who they picked last. What does the uh, producer think about it? You look very dejected. I don't really the care. Whole you don't like the All-Stars, I know. I like, uh, there's like a few things I do enjoy about All-Star Weekend. I do enjoy the three-point contest. Yeah. Um, or the, the slam dunk. There's a lot of excitement for the slam dunk competition. You gotta see like a lot of expressive faces. That's about it for me. I don't yeah. know. The game, like, they don't really give a shit. They're obviously not trying. The all, Maybe the celebrity game is the more enticing game to watch, in my opinion. Am I crazy to say that? Yes. I don't but, think you're crazy, but now that Win Butler has been the MVP the last what three years, it's getting nope. kind of boring. <laughs> Kevin Hart, it's the Kevin Hart show. I think he's born in like, like somewhere in like I want Alaska, to say like South Africa, or something. It's, it's basically the Kevin Hart show. Every single celebrity. But but what about the new All Star format? Do you think? Because I'm I I agree with you as a basketball enthusiast. Like I, I'm one of the I don't like dunks that are like uncontested. Mm-hmm. The best dunks are contested. Like, I'm talking Jordan, right, over uh, Matumbo, right, over Ewing and the finger wag on the baseline. Like, I like in-game dunks on people. It's, it's, I like to see competitive spirit. It's just the only opportunity for fans to see the best of the best play against each other. No, but they're not actually to, playing against each yeah, other. But what, I'm, but what I'm saying is that it, getting a group of them together and playing a game against East versus West or whatever the format is, it's the elite of the elite playing against each other. The only thing that bothers me is that there's no competition level. But they you used watch, to play. Well, you watch, like, watch the MLB playoffs or NBA All-Star game rather or MLB sorry there's incentive you know the, mm, the, the winning anymore. team well it used to be and the game was super entertaining there yeah was a lot of because they would get to host the world queens. series right like maybe creating yeah. a more of an incentive for the teams to compete as opposed to having Look, like the only ins- so that's what I mean do you like that I, I think it might inject this might inject some life into it because at first I didn't like, like it like if you're gonna I do agree it- I know I agree with you Greg I think that this is one way look at the teams right now the way that they're constructed you got Westbrook and Durant together you got Irving mm. back with LeBron they're 
it's going to get competitive. I have a feeling that just the way like Golden State, their team is split up. Durant's facing off against Curry and Clay yeah. Thompson and, and Draymond. Like I, I have a feeling that this year is the best chance, at least, of it being more competitive than it's been at least in the last five, ten years. But yeah, because it's back really to point, fallen off. Yeah, when Shaq, you said it the other day when he was yeah. on TNT. He mentioned when he was a rookie. They played hard in the All-Star game. Yeah. Therefore, his whole career, they played he played hard. hard in the All-Star game. So he doesn't really At know where, the end, right? where it passed off. Yeah. Because, you know. Because you know why? Because now, man, they're so worried, uh, Christian, about their brand and getting injured. And it's all about the show. Well, teams are too. It's not just them. Oh, no, no. no. I, and I, I understand that, right? But, like, so you get these guys and it's like, I, I'm not going to. There's like literally ball. one person on the court every All-Star game that really, really wants to win. That's Russell Westbrook. That man is yes. getting a triple-double hey, <laughs> come yeah. February Can 18th. I make a prediction? DeMar DeRozan He's is passive to, of a personality. It's going to be in L.A. It's going to be in L.A. That's his hometown. Impress his homies in Compton? Like, yeah, I, I think he's going to make a run for it. Well, this, this year he's having the best year. Of I think he's just start jacking up shots. Don't pass the ball. That's the biggest mistake is passing the ball on an All-Star game. I want to see some dunks some from sel- Some selfish basketball, DeMar DeRozan. Go out and get that Kia Sonata, homie. Channel your inner Russell Westbrook. Alrighty, uh, moving down the list. That's the end of the Raptors discussion. Moving on to general NBA topics. Uh, the biggest topic this week, your boy, the man, Jason Kidd, was dismissed as head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks, coached the team for four years, started in 2014, unfortunately was let go. Um, I guess my couple questions for you guys, like, who do you think will replace him? You know, is Fiesdale an option? Uh, where does Kidd go from here? And also, like, what are the fundamental reasons why Jason Kidd was dismissed from his team? I'll throw it to you, Greg, because I know that, you know, you've been very big supporter of Jason Kidd as a head coach for quite a while. Well, and kind of a shocking dismissal. I know I kind of mentioned it on the podcast that there's this growing sense of turmoil within the Milky, Milwaukee Bucks basketball community that Jason Kidd may be on his way out. Yeah. What do you think about this? Well, you, you mentioned I'm a supporter. I'm not necessarily, like, you know, a, a supporter of Jason Kidd, but... W- I have always found him. Look, he was a cerebral player. He reads. He always read the game uh, on you know, like Wayne Gretzky in hockey kind of level, where he he sees on a level that other players don't see. Like Alonzo Ball. Yeah, like if LeBron, <laughs> yeah, like if Alonzo Ball, you know, could do other stuff too. You know, no. The difference between Kid and Ball is that Kid had competitive spirit. Ball doesn't have any. Okay, competitive I sidetracked spirit. you. Keep going. Okay, yeah, and that's easy to do, mind you. Okay, but. So I've always had a lot of respect for him in terms of his basketball intelligence. And also when you watch him coach, right? As a as a coach, I get fiery, okay? And I've tried to and I see Dwayne Casey do this like he'll start sitting on his chair to start the half and then a couple minutes go by and he'll start to creep up toward the halfway line and he's barking, right? He gets into it. Kid is so calm and cerebral and like you watch him just he's he he's different, okay? And Watching him coach the Brooklyn team and beating the Raptors, and then watching him in the playoffs with the Milwaukee team and giving us a run, I've learned I respect his game as a coach. I think he's brilliant. I think he really gets the game. Mm-hmm. Okay. That being said, Jay Kidd is known to have a little bit of an ego. Okay, this isn't new. I don't think the T. Te- I don't think he was fired because the team wasn't winning. I think that was an excuse. Well- I, because look, they waited until Antetokounmpo was injured to do this because the team started to lose because Antetokounmpo was injured. You're right, you're right. They're you're a right, young right, right. team, man. Okay, so so the main reason, in my opinion, why Jason Kidd was fired is because he came into the Milwaukee Bucks 2014 as his defensive mastermind. He changed the team into one of the best defensive units in the NBA with a trap-heavy, aggressive defensive scheme that really focused on producing turnovers. It was just gunning the line, you know what I mean? Yeah. And gradually over time, you know, teams sort of adjusted their offensive scheme to deal with that sort of hyper-aggressive attack on defense. And subsequently, what's happened the last few years, a team has plummeted. Last year, they were 19th in defensive rating. This season, they're 25th. So I think that was the biggest issue coming into this season is that if you're going to draft these, like, project high upside lanky players, you got to at least have a little bit more defensive efficiency. But they're all so vi- and, and secondly— They're so he, young. But he also made so many bonehead mistakes. Like, this season, for example, I was watching a Cavaliers game and he instructed Chris Middleton to miss a second free throw because he was more concerned about the team 
team taking a timeout than getting a foul at the three-point line as opposed to the Cleveland Cavaliers gunning down with 1.5 seconds left. Did his team game. win? Like just Regardless, though, like those are bonehead, stupid mistakes that any professional coach shouldn't be making. In no, the but play. a win's That's a win. Issue, Does it like- I'm not saying he's gonna. He's, he's a bad coach. I'm just saying like you were talking about his ego. He just like, like just yeah. because he believes it doesn't You're mean right. it's the like, right way. He doesn't you know have I mean? a willingness like, maybe to change. He could be yeah, hard. Yeah, I, I would imagine so him to be hard He didn't evolve as a coach within uh, his four years there. A lot he of people have compared it. As well, right? A lot of people have compared it to the Mark Jackson and Steve Kerr thing, where he just could take them to a certain level, and he was stubborn. He didn't really want to change his ways, so they had to let him go and then get Steve Kerr, and that's what made Golden State Golden mm-hmm. State. Do you think that's similar at all in any way? Yeah, no, that's a great comparison. You know, and Jackson's a guy that even ourselves have talked about as like a potential, a potential candidate. Hire, you know, like yep. a very enticing option for a lot of organizations. And I don't think Jason Kidd is done with the NBA. Question to you, Greg, do you think perhaps it'd be a smarter move for him to maybe go to the college ranks and be a coach in college no. capacity? No. Like how does he evolve as a head coach? He's, does he become an assistant? Does like what does he Jason do? Jason Kidd can speak to superstars in a language that they understand. He was one. And I t- I don't understand like if you're the Bucks, like this is a guy who he made himself into a jump shooter at the end of his career, mm-hmm. and you have a player on your team who respects the hell out of him. Well, that's the thing, though. Who you're right. Could probably learn from yeah, but that's kid's experience. He, 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 like, I was talking about this a couple weeks ago on the podcast. Like, kid is a primary reason why Giannis is Giannis now. That's you what know, I'm saying. Just, yeah, but the, but the uh, on the other side, though, the bigger issue is that he hasn't been able to develop anyone else beyond Giannis Antetokounmpo. Jabari Parker has obviously been injured, but he hasn't really been the Jabari Parker they, that we thought we were going to no, get. No, they don't even Thon talk, Maker's apparently. sort of regressed this season. No, there's but not he's too, only like, 20. Bledsoe came in, and like you thought that was going to be the guy that's going to start the ship right? And, and, and clearly that isn't a factor. It's just like he hasn't been getting the best out of his players. No. Chris Middleton, again, is a guy that many people predicted would kind of turn a corner Yo, this season. Yo, the front office nerds in Milwaukee, I think... Uh, Hammond? I, 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 I think they have... Over so they see Giannis and they saw you know the last playoff series and but you think that's they, they, their that, expectations that's are too not high a GM for a young specific team. decision that's combination kid and Hammond and and kid saying like I think the Thon Maker selection in my opinion was mm. kid and Hammond's ear saying that we gotta draft this guy this is my guy draft for upsides go for Jones let's hit for the fences again and if you're gonna swing for the fences so many times you gotta you gotta at least get a couple more guys around Giannis like you can't just depend like your entire career on like the development of one singular player you gotta like show continual progression year yeah right? yeah so what about this what do you guys think about tyron lu getting fired and then bring, and then kid and bring kid coming i was gonna say i because look at the superstars that they have right if you want to talk about he's only good with superstars well that team would be perfect then he has three players that he can mold and work with especially isaiah thomas who has that point guard you know i thought shorter. about that too man i could I mean, see them i could doing see that. that i could also see luke walden at the end of the yeah. season maybe getting let go and then if lebron or somebody else went to, to the lakers that he can get hired at the end of the season yeah. look all the one because i want to tie the raptors into this as much as possible the one thing i'm fearful of i'm very fearful ever since i heard that milwaukee is going to fire jason kidd is that they're going to go after jerry stackhouse Oh, he's the D, mm. he's the G League Coach of the Year. He's he was mm. actually courted to be the assistant coach before he took the job in Toronto by Milwaukee. Mm. I think there's enough connections there where I don't know. I hate to say it because he's such a good, you know, uh, obviously he's such a big he's, important piece. He's of coaching our system. waiting, I think, for a- us. Absolutely, this could be his chance. Like, why if he were offered right now a head coaching job in Milwaukee, why would he not? No, take he'll that? take it. He of course would take that. But so, is that the best fit for the Bucks? I, I mean, you know what? It, it is taking a bit of a chance, I guess, on on taking a guy who's never coached in the NBA, but. You know, he's going through his dues. He's coaching the G League. He's done a very good job there. I could see them, I guess. Yeah. It's hard because that's the kind of coach that Jason Kidd was, almost, right? It's the same kind of thing. So you don't want... I don't know. No, no. Stackhouse would bring a more, like, tough defense. Like, Kidd didn't get I don't know if he's better than Kidd. No, uh, no, I think Kidd... Uh, like I said, I, the problem I don't think is Kidd as a coach. I, I think it's, like, all these other things and his ego, right? But uh, Kidd knows more about basketball than, like... Like, he's forgotten more about basketball than I'll ever know. You know what I mean? Like, that's, I really think he understands the game. Stackhouse, though, would be, but getting into you, like, demanding in your face, right? Stackhouse is more of like a tough guy. Kid was more laid back. 
But uh, yeah, they. You think that they're going to bring someone in, or you think they finish the season with their I- interim coach? With their interim coach, I mean, it all. I, I think that they are are actively looking for someone to replace yeah. him. I think honestly, Jackson, man. honestly, I do. Interim coach. I, I do think I do think Monty Williams is probably going to be the number one candidate for yeah, them. Yeah. He's, he's in the Spurs head office, I yeah. think, right now. Uh, Wash tweeted out that he's probably an elite candidate. I, I do think that he's at least getting an interview mm-hmm. um, for this job. But I do think, like I said before, they're trying to make that step up from a Mark Jackson to a Steve Kerr that can bring this team to the next level. So I don't really foresee <laughs> them going Jerry Stackhouse, but it's scary. It's scary to, to think me, that he can go that quickly. To me, Steve Kerr in this scenario. He's not Mark Jackson. They don't see it that way. Yeah. Talking about another sputtering team in the Eastern Conference, Cleveland Cavaliers are currently 27-19, and 3-7 in their last 10, and are currently six and a half games behind the Boston Celtics for the number one spot in the Eastern Conference. Um, I guess the big narrative this week was with trade deadline approaching, what would what is Cleveland going to do in considering that they do have the Brooklyn pick this year, and they also have several massive holes to fill uh, when it comes to construction of their roster. I know guys like George Hill and DeAndre Jordan were thrown out there. How do you remedy the situation? What is the central issue, and what do you think the Cleveland Cavaliers should do moving forward, Christian? Well, for me, I think they kind of have to tra- – I hate to say it, but I think they kind of – like if they want to win this year still, and that's their only chance of keeping LeBron is if they do win this year, then they're going to have to trade this pick. And if it was up to me – Isaiah Thomas has just never been the guy. Like I, I never liked this trade from the beginning for mm-hmm. Cleveland, where they go, where they gave away Irving. I mean, you, the report came out today that Irving said he was going to sit the entire year if he didn't get traded. So I guess yeah, they had, he was saying he yeah, was going to get that no knee choice. surgery exactly from, at the starting the, of the season. I think so he's broken kneecap, 2015 playoffs. Exactly. So again, they were kind of put in a in a no choice scenario, I guess. But it, if it was me, I would try to get rid of Thomas and see if Kemba. I mean, I know that Kemba's available, mm-hmm. and we're going to talk about him later, but. Man, if you could maybe even entice them with the pick, or not the first pick, but maybe the you know the Cleveland first like pick, their not the own Brooklyn pick. one, yeah, exactly. If they can entice maybe that, that would be so much better. Um, uh, DeAndre Jordan, some of the names they floated out there, like George Hill, DeAndre Jordan. I don't see George I don't Hill see any the of deal. these people being a, a, a you know a remedy to this problem. If anything, and again, they also get older; they, they remain old if they do that. Yeah. So for me, I think they kind of have to move with with IT try to get rid of him if you're going to use the pick my number one move looking for for Kemba he wanted an all an all-star for an all-star yeah. uh, I don't think there's really a solution to Cleveland right now in terms of uh Kemba in terms would, of their current roster they're gonna Kemba have to make give a them a shot in the arm can I just say though from what I watched the the Spurs Cavs game um and I, I was I've never seen such awful defense from a Cleveland team like they were bad before but they, it's 28th but do you know what I realize is like dead center in it? Aside from the fact that LeBron isn't taking it to that next gear, he's just kind of like letting, he's not rotating on the help and he's just letting guys get like roasted and then he's giving them that cut eye that he gives them. <laughs> okay, outside of that, J.R. Smith. J.R. Smith looks like he is stoned. Like he looks like he is washed up. I hate to say, it, he looks like he looks washed up. Like he was a step, I, I watched him. For the whole game, if you go back and like, he literally was two plays behind, bumping into his teammates, jacking up air balls, uh, 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 turnovers, nowhere to be found on defense, not boxing out. Everything you could possibly do wrong, J.R. Smith was doing it. Like, he is a black hole for that team right now, and they paid him a lot of money, and they do not win without, like, in the modern NBA, with so much shooting. Your shooting guard needs to be good. Well, Period. Like talking about facilitating a trade, like the Cleveland Cavaliers the, and having LeBron James on the organization for another year, like the goal at this point isn't winning the Eastern Conference. You know, it's being the Golden State Warriors, obviously, right? You know, is DeAndre Jordan to make this team a, like a, a viable threat to the Golden State Warriors? No. Does George Hill? Yeah, no. It, like, I, like the only Jordan they, might move the needle. Like a bit. the only way I would yeah. I would consider trading the Brooklyn pick. Is if Orlando would give him a package of like mm. Gordon and like Evan Fournier? Like those That's are the only guys realistically that I can think of that could be on the trade block that would make the Cleveland Cavaliers not only better 
but a better team to be able to compete with the Golden State Warriors. And I'm saying, I'm saying they're not even going to be close to competing with Golden State, but that's the only like trade in the back of my head. What about Kevin Love? I mean, Kevin Love could be flipped for another sort of package, maybe of superstars. Yeah, but like the problem, eh? He's not to me not the problem. But from all the reports, from all the reports, so you've heard, like he was sort of the sort of the scapegoat, at least, sort of speak. (laughs) I heard IT was calling him out and stuff. Yeah, well, I mean, I hate to bring this up, but look at Dwayne Wade got into that whole kerfuffle last year when he was on the Bulls, and yeah. then he comes here this year. Apparently, him and IT, Dwayne Wade and IT, were two of the main people that were sort of you see, know see, in like, there. The thing with Kevin Love, though, like old guard, you're, you're guard. not going to get value for him. You're not going to get value for Kevin Love. It's a broken down Kevin Love. He's what you're going to get fifty cents on the dollar in any trade in general. Really? Is he it, broken down? He's had a good uh, year. Uh, no, I, I, an all star. Me, me making a statement. I know for a fact that Kevin Love, you know, he just needs a breath of fresh air. You know, mm-hmm. a complete culture change go to a different organization i'm just saying his value the value he currently is at right now if cleveland would try to trade him they're not going to get much in return Look, in comparison to that, who he actually is a basketball player to me today's move they move their starting lineup around a little bit i guess just one player but they move jay crowder out of the starting lineup and they move tristan thompson in and to me what that means is that they're trying to make tristan thompson look a lot better than he is so that his value goes <laughs> up that, that like right now, that but, means that they're going to yeah. try to make him sh- like showcase Tristan Thompson, get his value up, and try to trade him for DeAndre. But Jordan. there's another player. So so in years past, Thompson was their energy guy. He was he and he, and he did a decent job protecting the paint, and he helped them rebound. Now, I guess because he thinks he's going to be traded, his his hustle isn't there, his heart isn't there. He's coming back from the injury. You really feel that void. I, I think the heart. The heart part is just because the Kardashian just zapped it up his soul. <laughs> the curse. <laughs> the, the curse, the curse lives on. The succubus. All, all, succubus. She want, all she wants is for him to go back to L- to go live in L.A. So, you oh, know, man. Can, is that not maybe a little backbone in this where Kardashians saying, come so on. Really, just, the Kardashians just, are the puppet masters. Play well here so we can go live in L.A. so I can live at home. Yeah, I'm the rich one anyways. She Talking about teams in turmoil. Let's talk about the San Antonio Spurs. I guess the biggest narrative this week. Um, Wait, what? Spurs turmoil? Ooh. Okay. Those don't go together. According to ESPN, months of discord centering on elements of treatment, rehabilitation, and timetables for Kawhi Leonard's return from a white quadricep injury has had a chilling impact on San Antonio Spurs' <laughs> relationship with the player. Um, is there anything behind this? Is there actually a rift between player and team? Like, will the, Sp- will the Spurs even entertain a trade offer for Kawhi Leonard? Would you? I don't know. We'll, we'll listen to Greg Popovich talk about this. Um, we'll come back in a second. I don't even know why you would ask that. No different than it has been for all the time he's been here. We've had lots of players go get second opinions. Lots of players have trainers and second opinions are good. It doesn't indicate anything except due diligence and making sure you're doing everything you can to get a player back. Nobody wants to come back more than Kawhi Leonard. I think I'm number two. (laughs) But his teammates want him back, everybody wants him back, but he's a competitor. You know, he, he wasn't Kawhi Leonard when he first arrived, you know, the one we know now. So that shows you how much work he's put in to get here. He certainly doesn't want to be missing games. So, guys, Kawhi Leonard, is he on the move? I love how <laughs> we have a pop clip every single week on this pop. show. He's just got so much. I mean, I don't know. In that, he said nothing's changed. He downplayed it all. He basically mentioned that Kawhi wants to come back. I don't know. I. I kind of believe him. I don't really see why. Maybe you guys disagree with me here, but I don't see why Kawhi would be so upset in this situation. Like, yeah, the injuries, I guess, frustrating, but the team is still doing well. He still has absolutely enough time to come back, integrate himself in the regular season, and make a you know, and do well in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Like, from for me, from Kawhi's point of view, there's just no real reason to be upset here. Like, I I trust Pop. I, I kind of agree with him in that literally nothing's changed. The only thing that's changed is a reporter has put out some report. That basically says that Kawhi's upset. Well, what about uh, Jalen Rose also? Like, it seems to be that it's coming from multiple sources. I, right? I think they're all guesses. Yeah. yeah. I think they're just all feeding off one another. And it's just, I heard this. I heard that. It's, yeah, it's yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. And well, first of all, Jalen Rose said that on first take. Fair enough. So, you know, who, yep. who, who do you get? Who's his source? Yeah. Stephen A? Yeah, there you go, right? I, I don't, I don't know. I, to me, it just seems like it's fabricated a little bit more and yeah. kind of blown up than it usually is, which yeah. is great for the Spurs. They're never in the news. No, and you know what, though? Here's my theory. Um, I think this is an elaborate hoax to make themselves look weak and rest players 
when they are really strong, right? Sun Tzu, the art of war. When you are weak, <laughs> make yourself look strong. When you are strong, make yourself look weak. This is the Spurs playing coy. And they're, okay, and they're just resting all their guys, and they're going to bring them all out for the playoffs. And they've made their team better by having them play without them. This is my theory because I, I, Kawhi Leonard doesn't seem like the type to be unhappy. The, the only thing I could think of is that he wants to be but back But he also sooner. doesn't seem like the type to be happy. No, but that's he's like, so like emotionally <laughs> just like vague. Like that's why it's hard to read, and that's why because he's just so monotoned and like unemotional all the yeah. time. But, but, but here's here's my thing. I I just don't see, um, I just don't see the Spurs allowing their star to leave. Like they're not going to trade him for anything under his value. And you just said it. He's such a reserved and humble guy. Can you imagine him in like New York? No. Like with all the media, he's perfect for the he's Spurs. Exactly, he's the have perfect you, player. Have for you the guys Spurs. ever seen those like those random grocery stores in San Antonio? I think they're called like H E B. I've never like, been to San Antonio. And like everyone in San Antonio for the Spurs does these like really weird, absurd commercials. I've seen those commercials. You see yeah. a little bit of Kohai Leonard's personality in them. It's kind of funny. Yeah. I've, I've never. It's just me, I guess. Fuck me, right? Um, well, look at their look at, the list. Well, look at their record: thirty-two and eighteen. They're they're you know they're doing well. They play with with the most random players. It's amazing. Yeah, well, that game against Cleveland where they ended up beating them was pretty revealing. Yo, Bertans was dropping <laughs> trays on LeBron in his eye. Not a Joffrey Levine kind of guy? All right, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> You're missing out. Um, all right, moving down the list, talking about um, rumored trades. Uh, Charlotte Hornets are still, still, still one of the shittiest teams in the NBA. I think they had like one good positive season in their entire existence of an it's organization. The Dwight Howard effect, man. The Bobcats horns is what I mean. Um, so Kemba Walker has been, I guess, involved with some several trade rumors and speculations. Graffin, is Kemba Walker on the market? Do you think he's going to go anywhere? And what's he like? Why would Charlotte want to trade him in the first place? That's the real question. Yeah, that's right what there. I don't understand. Like, why? Like, you already have like a proven star, a proven commodity. Like one, like you got to have at least like one or two superstars on any organization. He's a good building block. Am I wrong? Like, I wouldn't be surprised if this came up next year yeah. when the team, because Charlotte's not going to get better. It doesn't look like they still have Dwight Howard. You believe in Kaminsky and Zeller? And no, so I mean, the resurgence of Michael Carter Williams. I could see this happening next <laughs> year. I mean, maybe they're just Michael Kilchrist. <laughs> maybe their GM's a year ahead. Like you know, you always like to say a GM would never wants to hold on to a player for you know too long, like one or one or two years too long. They want to get rid of them one or two years before they get to that point. Like sort of like a Bill Belichick, right? He gets rid of players when they think they're in their prime, but he's. He's sort of done with them. So maybe he's trying to think ahead here and go, he's thinking two years in advance. He's going to be an unrestricted free agent. He's not going to want to sign back with us. Right now, he's got probably the highest value that we mm. can get since we've mm. decided we're, we're going to part ways with, or he's going to part ways with us, we think. And no so, one can hold a gun to their head. Yeah, because, it's better yeah. happening this year than happening next year. Because next year, he's only going to have half a season. His, and teams his tra- know that they're going to be will know that, and he's going to be desperation. So, I, I don't know, maybe I'm trying to think on the positive side here for the GM's sake, that they're trying to think ahead and they can foresee sort of this happening. They know that this year's draft specifically has good, five, yeah. the top five players are all supposed to be very, very good marquee star players in the NBA one day mm-hmm. so maybe they're just trying to load up and, and go and think of the future and it sounds weird because a lot of people have said the criticism of this move is well the player they're trying to draft is exactly Kemba Walker but look who Kemba Walker's surrounded by right now look at his team he has nothing to really work with at all so it's almost better I think for them I almost agree that just let him go get a player that's the same almost as Kemba Walker but five or six years younger and sort of restart with a whole new roster would you trade if you were Cleveland the pick and IT for Dwight and Walker, a hundred percent. You would do that for. I would do that for for Cleveland. I would do that. Yeah. No, would, but if you're I Charlotte, would throw in, Charlotte, I would not do that. No, if I was oh, Cleveland, I'd throw in another pick. pick. If I was Cleveland, I'd throw in their own first round pick this year, just so they wouldn't have to bring back Dwight Howard. Yeah. <laughs> Locker room cancer. Can you imagine like LeBron? He would, but he would, he would solve their center problem. I agree. He would solve the center problem. If no, you threw wouldn't. in like a, if you th- yeah, can't solve any problems. No, eh? we've all just like when is the last up time Dwight, Dwight Howard. Howard been on like a legitimate like title contending team since the Magic? Houston. Well, that one year in Houston. When did hit- that not work out in any capacity <laughs> whatsoever? That did not work out. Houston, my ass. LA Lakers, no. And the problem is that Brooklyn pick is looking to be because the Brooklyn Nets are doing so hot right now. Um, yeah. The Nets are really 18 and 30. That would be like an eight or ninth pick in this year's draft. It's not I a call top three. it. 
Nets, baby. Whew. Yeah, no, you were without <laughs> Russell. So right. anyway, that's, again, Kemba. MJ said it himself. The only way we're trading him is for another superstar. Like, I just don't think it's happening. Mm. Uh, unless a team is really willing to part with a bunch of draft picks. The only team I could think of on the top of my head would be the Phoenix Suns. Because they have a GM who loves a star, is will has good picks, and they're going to mm. have good picks next year as well as this a bunch year. Bunch of terrible prospects, so like Josh Jackson, Dragon Bender. I would, I'd Chris want their picks and, and probably Josh Jackson. Who's and that? Who's that, that would big, be enough. Who's that guy they drafted in 2013? Alex Len, another guy. Yeah, I wouldn't want an excellent. Fun <laughs> prospect for the Phoenix Suns. Give me their first round pick the next two years and Josh Jackson. So they don't fuck it up. I'm making up Kemba Walker. Put it that way. <laughs> All right, moving down the list, guys. Uh, oh, we're going to mock out a juror, uh, I guess, all star draft um, between Graf and, and Greg. After I the get real to be LeBron. One. But I want to talk about all star game snubs. So a few names that come to mind. Personally, I'm talking Chris Paul. Over who? Anybody? Any- no, I'm joking. Uh, Chris Paul, like me, could be in consideration. Andre Drummond, I thought would be an All Star this year. Clearly not the eh. case. Ben Simmons was kind of on the fence. No. Nope. Kemba Walker, team's nope. kind of garbage, not doing so well. Paul George, yes. I and Lou Williams are the guys that I thought realistically should have been in the All Star. Can, 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 okay, no can I say on the Lou? Williams? No. I, 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 I didn't so. think so either, just because his team isn't. Uh, it's really low. But I was listening to Baron Davis talk about this. Okay, the Baron Davis. You know what he said? He goes because when I look about all stars, I think about who's putting on a show, who's putting a team on their back, right, and who's winning games on that. And it really made me. Th- and you know what? It's in L.A. It's Lou Williams' only chance ever, probably, to be an all star. It seems to me like he was overlooked. Uh, no, because who do you take out? Clay Thompson. Yes. Yeah, no, absolutely. I actually, I actually having don't his best the Warriors year this year. When, uh, because how top heavy the Warriors are, I don't think they deserve four so, All Stars. The, they don't have the, four guys playing like All Stars. He's the one that people want to see, though. So if it's a, it's a popularity contest when it comes down to it, right? Like that—that's what it no, really comes a, down to. No, this is the coaches. Damian Lillard. Damian, you don't think Damian Lillard yeah. should have been in the game? No, oh, I think Damian Lillard a hundred percent should be in this Why? game. Why not? Portland's in the playoffs. He's the what best player. What kind of player. answer is that? Why not? Well, try, again, well, okay, fine. Greg, Why? let's go. Why not? He, they're in the playoffs. He's a superstar on the team. He got snubbed He's the last couple of years. Exactly. But Westbrook if, was complaining about that. He's like, you see guys getting in just from complaining about it, and Paul George doesn't get in. Well, I also agree with that. Paul George is the only person I think that should have been Actually playing in the All Star so game, but let me ask you this now: Do you think because and you take how they Draymond Green the fo- out? Yeah, I would. Okay, change the format now. Why do they even need to do equal numbers from East and West? It should just be the top whatever players in the league. I they're agree. just going to do random picks, anyways. Well, they were mentioning that before. At which point, a, Lowry probably wouldn't get I, in. But that's my issue, right? Is the then all, what happens if one year the West has you know seventy five percent, and it's simply because they get all all the voting and all you know? I don't but know. Because they the coaches pick based on winning, it wouldn't be too lopsided. But in a year like this, for instance, I think you maybe cut out maybe a Bradley. Beal and put on Lou Williams. You also get Western Conference coaches now rating Eastern Conference players that they've only played. Maybe they haven't even played them yet that season. So yeah. it's kind of hard, right? You kind of yeah. have to yeah. keep it like this just for the the coaches in the East know the players in the East. If anyone's going to judge them for the reserves, it should be the, the, the yeah, team they play true. against. That's, that's true. true. That'd be my only argument there. Where you at, Zaza Pachulia? <laughs> All right, guys, let's mock out an NBA draft. Um, I keep fucking this up. Let's mock out a all-star game draft right now. Guys, what did we decide? Who is LeBron James and who is Steph Curry? I'm LG Bit. Yeah? I am Steph Curry, and I am going to be going first, actually. First overall. So I guess In we'll the take the starters. Not paying heed to position. Uh, the options are Boogie Cousins, Anthony Davis, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. Uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, DeMar DeRozan, Joel Embiid, and the beard himself, James Harden, Christian Graffin. Who do you select, buddy? My first pick is going to be Durant. Ooh. Well, if I'm uh, keeping my position, is he playing? I'm Curry as well. So, um, what position? We'll see when I draft the rest. (laughs) But (laughs) right now, I'm drafting Durant first overall. Is there a time limit on my selection? Yes, because we're doing a fucking podcast right now. We'll, we'll, we'll talk on the mic for our listeners when you try to Out of out. respect for my father, I am picking the Greek Freak. You're taking the Greek Freak, my man. Greek Freak, okay. Ooh, okay, so right now, on Team Curry, Kevin Durant. On Team LeBron, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Look, if I'm... I don't want you stealing all the length here, so I'm probably... Don't worry about what I do. I'm probably going Anthony Davis here. Ooh, over Boogie. Yep. Why? Again, um... 
I need, uh, I'm Steph Curry right mm-hmm. now in my mind, and I want uh, to make sure I have the longest team possible. And also, Anthony Davis is, is, to me, I guess, more exciting in an all-star game. Like, he won the MVP that one year than Boogie Cousins is. Cousins. You're taking Cousins. <laughs> Yo, best center in the world. All right. You so- said game 44 points, 20 rebounds. That stat line was absolutely assists, insane. Greatness. All right, so currently, Steph Curry, uh, Anthony Davis, Kevin Durant. Uh, on the LeBron James side, we have DeMarcus Cousins and Giannis Antetokounmpo. For my next pick, I'm going with James Harden. Ooh. And I guess, you know, I, sh- I could have been a homer here and went and went to Marta Rosen, but uh, I'm going to go with Harden here. I why, think just why I like Harden what he brings. Irving, just out of curiosity. Harving over Irving. Well, I have Curry. Okay. So for me, it kind of you know that that's kind of enough, I guess. So for me, Harden would sort of be the shooting guard. And just in we'll general, s- we'll though, see just in general, posi- position irrelevant. Who'd you rather have, James Harden or Kyrie Irving? On my team, like as an NBA or like an all-star roster? No, just like you're an, uh, you're a, a, a new team in the NBA, and you're gonna have one superstar to build around. Who is that guy you take? I'd probably take Harden. Yeah, for I sure. Mean, uh, yeah, I mean Curry's shown right now this season so far that he can lead a team. And I said Irving. Oh, sorry. Ir- yeah, Kyrie. Either yeah. one of those, man. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, you Kyrie over James Harden? No, I'm, I'm talking about Kyrie God, Irving right now. so badly. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kyrie Irving's shown that he could lead a team this year with Boston, but I, I still wouldn't, you know, I, I wouldn't take him. Harden's been way more proven. Okay, cool. For our listeners, Brandon works extremely hard, and it is late at night here in Toronto. Working hard for you, no, the listener. I, okay, keep moving and on. And I pick Russell Westbrook. You take Russ. No, 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 on the no, bench, man. You can't take on, Russ. The options available right now are Kyrie Irving, kind of Rose these. Rosen, the Joel starters. Embiid. Sorry, say again. My uh, options are you have Joel Embiid, yeah, Marta Rosen, and Kyrie Irving. Yeah, I'll take Irving. Okay. Over to Graffin, DeRozan, Embiid. You said it. Embiid. Wow. DeRozan going last in Toronto Basketball Matters podcast. All-star mock draft. Well, who do you put him ahead? Everybody. When they were doing this on the TV, (laughs) I paused today and I looked... And in terms of talent, I, Demar is a superstar. But when you talk about Giannis Antetokounmpo, Durant, Cousins, these are monsters. Like these are guys that aren't like they're not just monsters. They're, they're monsters. monsters. They're physically Ooh. not normal human beings. And DeRozan and Lowry are more or less like they have the dimensions of a regular person. DeRozan is a special athlete because he can leap so high, and he finishes great. Like so, he's a superstar. But we're talking about monsters here, man. I don't know. My starting lineup looks pretty good. I have Curry at the point, Harden as my shooting guard, Durant as my small forward, Davis as my power forward, and Embiid as my center. I'll take that any day. I think Greg's got Boogie Cousins as a center. You got DeMar DeRozan as shooting guard. I guess Giannis will play power forward, LeBron small forward, and Kyrie shooting guard. Is that how you want to do it? Uh, I'd like to use LeBron as, a, as my point guard. <laughs> so Irving as the shooting guard? That's right. And DeMar as the small that, that, forward? I'm sure that backcourt will thrive. <laughs> together. So Demar is a small forward. Okay, yeah, sure. Already <laughs> it up, you know. Let's talk about some reserve selections. The names on the list from Eastern Conference are Kyle Lowry, Bradley Beal, Victor Oladipo, John Wall, the Latvian gangbanger himself, Chris Porzingis, Kevin Love, uh, Al Horford. On the Western Conference, we got Damian Lillard, Russell Westbrook, Clay Thompson, Jimmy Butler, Draymond Green, Lamarcus Aldridge, and Carl Anthony Towns. Christian Graffin, who's the first guy selected for your bench? I should get the first reserve. Pick. You want to do it that way? Sure, sure. Already. No, actually, no. You got DeRozan as your last pick, so it would be me for sure. And you stole my pick, <laughs> Westbrook. <laughs> Graffin taking Westbrook. <laughs> so why are you taking Russell Westbrook over? Because he's, he's going to be the one that makes this freaking game competitive. He's, he's by far the best player off this bench. Like I, I, was, I was trying to think of like he a might guy. Be the best player go. in the NBA. Exactly. Of course, like, he's the best player in this bench. Like and he's think, MVP. For, he's going to be the one that makes this game competitive. And I think the only other person that might sort of. St- allow other people to do the same thing as LeBron. And if they're on different teams in yeah. our little fantasy scenario we have going on here, I think our all-star game might be better than the real one. Gregory, who are you taking, Sunshine? Well, I have to reevaluate now. Oh, my God. I'm shocked he was taking Russell Westbrook. I didn't really have a backup here. I didn't. You know what? Al Horford. No, hell no. Give me Clay. Get some three-point shooting in that. You going Clay? Yeah. All righty. So why are you taking, like, just purely for the three-point three shooting? shooting? You're taking him over Kyle Lowry? Yep. John Wall? Charges don't matter in all-star games. Yeah. All righty. Graffin. And John Wall sucks. 
So I'm going to go with Carl Anthony Towns. Excuse me? Okay, Carl Anthony Towns? He's a shit teammate. Yep, I'm going to go with Carl Anthony Towns. Wow. Again, just going with that length. I have Davis, Towns, and B, Durant. Man, my team's scary. Why are you taking Carl Anthony Towns over Chrisapis Porzingis out of curiosity? Over Porzingis? Well, yeah. for me, I mean, Towns is a little bit... I think this is... They're both of their first All-Star games. Mm-hmm. Um, but in an All-Star game... Other than the three-point shot, which I think Carl Anthony needs to do, I think it's going to be a lot of blocking. I think you're going to see Towns throw a lot of blocks in there, whereas I don't really see, I don't know, Perzingis is good. It's it's a toss-up right now, right, between two great players. I true. like Towns better than Perzingis. There, end of story. Greg, who do you got? I am going to go with Jimmy Butler. Ooh, Jimmy, oh. so you got starting off with a couple guards. Guards. Right oh, hey, man, bat. it's a perimeter-oriented league. Ooh, yeah. ooh. Okay, so Jimmy Butler, Clay to guard Thompson, Westbrook. rounding out are on the bench for Greg's team. Mr. LeBron James over to Steph Curry, Christian Graffin. Currently got Russell Westbrook, Carlton Towns. Who do you select? Well... Because we just talked about him, I will probably select Al Porzingis. Al Porzingis. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, again, long uh, tall. I, I really just didn't want you, you know, ruining my next pick and getting enticing Greg to pick him there. So uh, you almost ruined that one for me. Thanks. Yeah, no problem, buddy. <laughs> um, moving down the list, Greg. Who do you got? You're gonna take another shooting guard, Bradley Beal. <laughs> you, you did you pick? You already picked the big cat. Hmm. Kyle Lowry, Bradley Beal, Victor Oladipo, John Wall, Kevin Love, Al Horford, Damian Lillard, Draymond Green, LaMarcus Aldridge. So currently there are only three guys left in the West. Right now we've got six guys currently in the Eastern Conference. I'll take Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard. Fill it up. Only two more guys left in the Western Conference. Fill it up. (laughs) Fill it up, buckets. (laughs) Buckets. Graffin, nope. you going with Sunshine? You got the two massive seven-foot giants, Carl Towns, Chris Porzingis. You also got Russell Westbrook. Look, I don't have – oh, no, I do have that. So Kyle you know Lowry, what I'm going to do, Beal. actually, is I'm probably going to go Victor Oladipo. Victor Oladipo over John Wall. Interesting. Why? Um, again, I was just mentioning that I have point guards and already. I have Westbrook. I have Harden. I have Curry. I have enough of those. If anything, Oladipo, it's his first All-Star game, too. I have, like, the rookie team here, it looks like, with, mm-hmm. with Towns, Porzingis, Oladipo. Team. But, oh, man, they're going to be good. The soft exciting. team. Exciting. I picked Draymond. Leading into that bad Defense boy. Defense first, baby. Greg, I'm not a big fan of your team, to be honest with you. <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Iceberg <laughs> Slim, shooting trays from the suburbs. You're just, you have no height off your bench. You got Clay Thompson, Jimmy Butler, Damian Lillard, and Draymond Green. I'm You're aware. You're probably going to end up a Val Horford as well. Like small no ball. one above six I'm playing ten small ball off the, the bench. bench. I'm not taking Cousins off. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay, moving down the list. Graffin, who do you got next? I was going to say, I don't think you're allowed to just not just, take Just Kevin poach all the big love. guys right now on him. Take LaMarcus Aldridge. No, like, I'm going to go with Kevin Love, actually. Kevin Love. So, yes. There we go. <laughs> Kevin Love is another big man that can shoot the three. So, if you look at, uh, I think, if you look at Greg's strategy, he's going, I guess, three-point shooting. But I have Kevin Love, Porzingis, Towns, and Embiid, and, and, and Anthony Davis, and you Durant. Can, if you want to take your centers and shoot threes all day, you could do that. Sure, Durant, Durant, and Anthony Davis. and uh, All right, Greg, you got Kyle Lowry, Bradley <laughs> Beal, John Wall, Al Horford, and LaMarcus Eldridge. John Wall. John Wall? After a lot of chirping of John Wall, actually. Yeah, well, we're further down the list now. <laughs> Hey, I just I I've o- I've always hated John Wall since that uh, Raptors uh, sweep at the hands. You of do him realize Raptors. you're taking John Wall over Kyle Lowry, which is my next pick, by the way. Good man. Yeah, I just don't see Lowry as this is an All Star game, man. Oh, Lowry's a team player. Lowry Toronto needs- basketball matters, Greg. Jesus Christ! If this was who to pick to like for a, a real team. I would pick Lowry over Wall, but this is about selfishness. Ugh. You need selfish players in an all-star game. Feels. No, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a team-oriented game. Oh yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. Bradley Beal, Al Horford, or Lamarcus Aldridge. Is my pick? No, I'm talking the wall right now, actually. Um Bradley Beal. I'll take Bradley Beal. <laughs> you said that like a question. I was gonna say that that was the most unassuring pick of a player I've ever heard. I'm taking the Wizards that I hate. All right, we're down to the last two selections. We got Al Horford, Lamarcus Aldridge, Christian Grafford. Who do you select, my friend? Are you looking for those beautiful outlet passes from the post or that nice elbow jumper from Lamarcus Aldridge? I'm going with the elbow jumper from Lamarcus Aldridge. Ooh, so Al Horford was the last selection of the All Star game. There you go. And, and rightly so. And just to go quickly back to the snubs. I think that 
that uh, Andre Drummond should be there instead of Al Horford. Look at the stats. Look at the season he's having. Mm-hmm. He's no, leading his team as point, well. Right? Look at the stats, baby. Look at the stats. Look at the stats. I have a feel. 13 like, and 7, Al Horford. And All it's right, not like folks. the Pistons are doing that badly. So for our listeners, just to do a recap, right now for Team Steph Curry, Christian Graffin, we've got Anthony Davis, Kevin Durant, Joel Embiid, James Harden, and Steph Curry. Mm. On the LeBron Ooh. James side, we have Kyrie Irving. We also have Giannis Antetokounmpo, DeMar DeRozan, Boogie Cousins, and obviously LeBron James going into the benches. Team Curry Graffin has Russell Westbrook, Carlton Towns, Chris Apis Porzingis, Victor Oladipo, Kevin Love, Kyle Lowry, and LaMarcus Aldridge going over to the LeBron James. Greg Hiroshada side, we have Clay Small Thompson, bench. Jimmy Butler, Damian Lillard, John Wall, Bradley Beal, Al Horford, and Draymond Green. I'm personally going to go with Team Steph Curry. Thank you, sir. Let me tell you something. Well, there's a lot of similarities. LeBron, LeBron James, Giannis, and Tentacumpo team cannot lose. It is look, not physically possible. It's funny. When you look at ours, there's a lot of similarities to the real picks yeah. and that were actually taken. So you have Irving and LeBron in your starting lineup, which is actually happening in real life. How do you think that's going to play out in the All-Star game? Uh, they, they don't like, care, I just, man. Like, I really like a Steph Curry, James Harden backcourt. Yeah. <laughs> I really like a James Harden, Steph Curry backcourt. I don't know why. It's pretty good. And again, trading kick, man. I also have Westbrook kick. and Durant on my team, which is, again, happening in real life. Do you think they're going to squash the beef, as they say? Or as I think they say? Who says that? Who says that? The kids are saying that? The millennials. Okay. Uh, man, I mean... Uh, in the early 2000s. I don't know. They, why would this in like? France. Why would this squash a beef? <laughs> if you really hated someone, why would having to stand on the same basketball court and being forced to play on their team? Hey, Curry guess, did it. Curry's the one who did it. So maybe Durant told him, hey, if you get the chance, draft Westbrook. Well, I've been talking Westbrook to him Westbrook is lately. fucking sick, and you should. He's good. You want him on your team. Yeah, but when it gets to this level, I think they're also picking a little bit more friends as well. Than more, It's more than just the talent to win the game. You're also... They're all such good players, right? Mm. You're kind of picking a little bit of a friendship and rivalry. Look at Demard said, and I think Kyle Lowry both said, you pick us on the same team. We don't want to be on different teams. Hmm. And now we're going to see maybe Dwayne Casey coaching against Lowry and DeRozan. I really, yeah, I think it's already in now with the same number of losses. It should be him. So many storylines for the All Star Game 2018. Yeah, good. Shout out to Dwayne Casey, underappreciated hard mans. All right, guys, thank you very much for listening. We'll be back next week with the man himself, Jack Armstrong. Tune in for that. Again, you can catch us on iTunes. We'll be up on Spotify very shortly, as well as Google Play. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Um, Peace out, out, D-Dot.